0: Today on episode twenty, speak to Mark Castle, who is the CEO of the Field Studies Council, one of the leading conservation educational organizations around the world. Welcome, Mark. It's a pleasure to have you on our podcast here.
1: It's 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 a pleasure to be here. And I suppose can I start by saying well done um, for all the work that you're doing. I, I had a good look through um, the website. And I had to look at some of the blogs, and some quite some very interesting uh, topics on your blogs, uh, which I would certainly uh, recommend. I enjoyed reading through them.
0: Thank, thanks for those kind words. So, my first question is: What is the idea behind the Field Studies Council, and what is your long-term vision for the organization?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it's it, interesting enough. It's our 80th anniversary this year. Cool. Um, we we were started in in, in 1943, and in in a bombed out natural history museum right in the you know in the middle of the the, the second world war and essentially what the founders uh, were interested in at that time they, they could see um that access to the countryside uh, and access to knowledge of the environment was something that was really um under pressure for a whole range of reasons but but the war being one of them and so at that time uh, they applied to set up uh, the field studies council the field Studies council uh at that time and now was essentially about um creating uh the opportunities through environment environmental education uh courses and um leaflets and Publications and so on uh, that would provide knowledge for uh for the the public um and uh, at that time um it was very much uh, supported by uh, the, the government and started off uh, again very much in harmony with the educational system. So that was that was when we started, and that was what we did. And so fundamentally, it's about education courses uh, delivered through well-equipped, well-maintained field centres. We have field centres around the, the country and the sort of thing that unifies it all together is uh, the knowledge of field studies uh, and that that will in turn care for the environment. So that's what we were about when we first started off. What is the the long-term vision uh, now? Well, we we see this as being a journey uh, and what we are looking for is to inspire everyone. And so that's big, we're looking for everyone. Uh, Firstly, to be curious um, and we think that's a really important step you you'll know probably better than me that, that an, an awful lot of people's first uh exposure often to uh the interesting environment is what they see on the tv through you know david Attenborough's work and so on and what we want to do is to try to take that curiosity and and move it to the next stage and so what we want is to get people outdoors to do that themselves uh, and so the next stage on for us It is about making them more knowledgeable, uh, uh, because we very firmly believe that if you know more about it, about the environment, it will inspire you to move to the next stage, which is being passionate about the environment. Now, I think our view is that to really get to the point where you're passionate about the environment to the extent that you really will reach that point of wanting to care for it, you need to be immersed in it, because you only really understand the awe-inspiring aspects of the environment by having that opportunity. And so we want to take people on the journey. Some will take you know'll will, will stop at curiosity um, but others might go all the way to you know being as interested as you are and being really passionate about it. so So that's what we want to try to do is to inspire everyone uh, to be curious. And uh, knowledgeable, passionate, and caring about the environment.
0: The Field Studies Council's main areas of work is increasing youth engagement. So, what exactly are you doing at FSC to increase youth engagement?
1: Okay, if I if I start with um, with youth engagement first, I mean, I, I as I said, we're very clear that there's there's no substitute for actual hands-on experiences, and and some of the. The, the the most fun times I've had with the field studies council is when I'm able to join groups of young people who have never had the opportunity to get outdoors to you know put a pair of Wellingtons on uh, to stand in a river measuring it get their feet wet or to you know look at uh, moths and moth traps and so on and so that's a really uh, important part of it is the hands-on experience and so a lot of what we do is embedded. Within the curriculum, so what we're looking at doing is working with schools uh, and uh, those who might be involved in uh, the geography. Um, uh, uh, field work parts of the, of the geography curriculum or biology or whatever, uh, and working with them when they come to do uh, to do courses with us The the challenge with that is we've seen, particularly as a result of the pandemic, a real decline in field work uh, at schools uh, and so. Uh, clearly it was under a great deal of strain through the pandemic. And so that decline has affected the number of people that that come. At one time, people used to come for five days at a time. And that really is quite rare now for for a whole um, number of reasons. So the first one in terms of youth is working with schools, um, because what we want to do is to try to ensure uh, that we are able to get those pupils, learners who are at schools to get that wow moment of actually seeing what's going on. We we don't only do that in our uh, field centres. Um, we also uh, have a thing we call outreach where we actually go uh, to schools and we'll work with schools and show uh, the, the, the pupils and teachers what is in their school playground in their backyard so to speak uh, and we also have a number of locations where people will go for the day and they don't stay overnight uh, and they will join us there so it's it's very much about trying to engage uh through uh the school programs the other things that we do is work with other partners um we have a number of different projects that that uh, we've been involved in in the past uh working with yeah, you know, faith groups working with um, groups such as uh, Girl Guiding, uh, Scouts, uh, and so on. Again, to engage uh, that way, uh, and we run a number of things for individuals too. We use Duke of Edinburgh's award scheme. So, uh, we really do believe that trying to engage with young people is absolutely fundamental, uh, and we will and we do all that we can uh, to, to try to do that. One other thing, if I may, just to just to sort of finish this off, it is we, we've also invested a lot in the digital experience because one of the things we found during the pandemic um, was people didn't have access, but we wanted to keep that going, uh, and so we ran a, a program called Field Work Live during that time. We had over four hundred fifty thousand people who joined us in that. And again, that was another way of of connecting people to nature. And listen, my next question: Do you
0: think there's a growing disconnect between the youth and nature, and if so, why?
1: Yeah, I I, I think there is a a, a disconnect, uh, and I suppose there's a, a whole number of reasons uh, for for that happening. Uh, I I think probably the, the the first thing is the reduced number of opportunities. To to participate in nature as part of everyday, and I've talked about at school the the fact that fieldwork uh, opportunities have reduced as part of the school curriculum. That that's an impact. Other things that relate to that is the the cost of living. The ability to actually go and participate in things has been affected by by that. So that that has an impact too. Um, I suppose one of the others which which we've found is that. The, the, the people who would have guided young people who were confident about the outdoors themselves and would have exposed them, if you like, to all that nature has to offer, those skills are, are reducing too. Um, it's It's very difficult for teachers to go through all the health and safety that they've got to do to get people out. And also often they themselves are, are maybe not as confident about uh getting out into the environment from a health and safety point of view but also their knowledge of the environment of the flora and fauna and so on and, and so one of the other things that that we do is, is is work to help teachers to be uh to be better prepared to do that the other, I suppose, is parents. Again, we, you know, we need parents to be actively wanting to create the opportunities, and we do what we can there uh, to, to help. Now, that could be subsidising uh, courses uh, and so on to, to, to try to help. Um, the other area, of course, that has had a big impact is, I suppose, the increasing urbanisation of our society. More and more people. Live in urban areas; fewer uh, live in uh, in rural areas. Uh, and so, what we've got to try to do is to make people who uh, to to make people who live in urban areas aware that actually there is a tremendous amount of nature around them. They just have to uh, to I think be be made um, aware of what's there again to try to spark that curiosity.
0: During COVID, it has changed the role of nature in everyone's lives.
1: Yeah I think it did I, I talked earlier on uh about the impact of the the lockdown um and that you know people just could not get out um and so we we put on a a, a digital a program field work live during that time uh to try to reach people our tutors uh, went online uh and uh found that by doing that they really were able to engage um as you know through chats and so on online we were able to do quite a lot so so we, we tried to break through but inevitably um there was a, a whole cohort of people who didn't get the opportunity to go out over that time and actually i mean one of the things that a teacher i spoke to uh recently said that they had found that the whole COVID. Uh, period uh, made her students more risk averse they were less confident at getting out into the environment because they had been uh, I suppose locked at home for a period uh, and were concerned about it and of course other things like bird flu and so on don't help so um, yeah I think um, Covid did have an impact Um, it it restricted access for a period not everyone was able to go out and, and explore nature in their back garden because not everyone has uh, back gardens like that. And so I think it did have an impact, sadly.
0: Could you just elaborate a bit on
1: some of FSC's wildlife courses? Yeah, I can. Well, we have um, 130 different uh, courses available, both online and at 25 locations around the UK. Uh, that was in 2022, and we're trying to, to produce more. Uh, they're very varied. Uh, they're, uh, we try to keep the cost down and, and try to keep the courses short so that learners can pace themselves and get more, um, get into more depth as they want. L- last year in 2022, we had 8000 uh, learners on the courses uh, and the courses, as I said, designed very much uh, as to take people on that journey. So they shouldn't be put off by the thought that, you know, suddenly they'll be overfaced by by something on the courses they're designed with learners in mind to try to take them on that journey they vary um we've people who just want to uh, learn from their for their own benefit but we've also professional courses that they would learn for people that might want to do it as part of their career um so broad broad range of courses we offer a lot of discounts for young people because we're very interested uh, in young people uh, participating Uh, and we also uh, subsidized whole groups uh, coming uh, where where we can the the other thing uh, i think is probably worth uh, um, making you aware of is is our wildlife guide so even if people can't come on one of our courses and um, by going on, on, on to our um, physical courses by going online they can join but also they can uh, get one of our uh, ID wildlife ID guides, which will help them to identify and uh, and learn more about what's in their immediate environment.
0: Now, moving on more towards FSC's efforts for youth
1: engagement. So, could you just talk a bit about
0: the Youth uh, Darwin Scholarship?
1: yeah yeah i can so the um the young darwin scholarship uh, something we we run every year uh, and the purpose of uh, of the scholarship is to train and mentor those who are particularly interested uh in the environment um it's uh funded by donations um, and so what we we try to do is to encourage members and those who are who are using our facility to donate, donate so that we can uh, help young darwin scholars uh, and once they have been a young darwin scholar we will uh help to help them on the on the journey but we will also keep in touch with them through that period um so it's it's highly competitive um, it's always oversubscribed but anyone who's who's interested in in Really following their dream of uh, having a life that is more in tune with the environment, then I would definitely recommend it.
0: The FSC's youth council has also been fairly successful. What What are your reflections on the entire uh, youth council, especially for the last uh, last cohort?
1: Well, the the youth council is something that I. Uh, uh was very keen on uh getting going because many of our customers the vast majority of our customers actually are young people um often coming through schools but still it's young people who are coming and firstly i want to make sure that what we are uh providing is what they are what they want um is it doing the sort of things that they want to do uh the the other part of that then is trying to make sure that that not only are we doing what they want, but we're really tuned in to their concerns and their aspirations for the future. And so the the, the purpose behind the youth council and they're, they're going to be um, joining us when we have all our trustees together in a few weeks time for our executive weekend is to give us some insights so that from a strategic perspective, we can plan ahead and make sure that the sort of things that they think are important um, we are uh, in tune with and we are planning for. Uh, So I'm very impressed with the engagement we have from our youth council members. I spoke to them all um, recently uh, and did a a sort of question and answer session with them. And I found that really interesting and and valuable for for me. Uh, But also what I'm keen to do is to try to increase the involvement more um, and to, as far as possible, try to ensure that we really are in tune with what young people are looking for, uh, and we really are delivering what young people want.
0: So beyond our initiatives we spoke about, what have been some of FSA's most successful and prominent projects?
1: Um, well, I think uh, j- just before I leave that, just we there are other things that we do just for young people, more than just the scholarship. So we do placements. And so uh, annually we, we have uh, uh, higher education placements for those who might want to, to join. Uh, and we also do grants for schools. So if someone is listening to this, who uh, uh, is at school and would like to come, but finds that the cost might be prohibitive, speak to their their. Teacher or the, the or the, the correct person at school, and ask them to look for gra- our grants program because we do have them, and we do do quite a lot uh, there. So, uh, t- turning to um, I think the first the, the one I'd probably wanted to uh, to raise most uh, was the the Biolinks pro- program, which was uh, funded by the, the the Lottery Heritage Fund, uh, and it it just finished at the end of last year. Um, And we had our final event uh, in January, just to to wind it up. Um, Now, I think what was really good about it it was a five-year project. Um, There were uh, over uh, 6,000 people who uh, joined the the courses physically uh, and nearly 17,000 online. Um, And what was really interesting about it uh, is it focused very much on... I suppose some some of the creatures that are the most unloved often by people, so it focused in on spiders, on millipedes, uh, and slugs, uh, because that's the area that we felt there was not enough knowledge, uh, 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 and we wanted to increase the knowledge there. So, um, it was about training people in biological recording, focusing in on those particular species, uh, and I, I believe was really successful in in shining a light in areas that otherwise. I wouldn't. What we've we have subsequently done um, is we've continued with that, and and although it was funded by the Heritage Fund up until last year, we've kept the team on, and we are continuing to do the same work uh, through our biodiversity team. So we will be continuing to do that as part of the legacy of the project. Um, the other one I think, uh, which some people listening to this may have participated in, was uh, was a thing called Generation Green um that was uh it was funded by uh department for the environment and uh, rural affairs defra uh, and we did it as part of a joint program uh with national trust Girl guide scouts national parks and Outward bound um that i again i think was another good uh project 1000 young people given the opportunity to go through the courses uh, and uh nearly a thousand uh again came to, to to visit the uh the, our location so another good program i think and i suppose the, the the final one probably uh that i would talk about uh was uh i i think it, as part of the forgotten places uh we do we're doing i think called well, we're working with charity called trees for cities um And that, I think, is is another really interesting one. Um, It's expanding into Glasgow and Bradford, and we're looking for other locations to work work there. So a number of different things going on. And there are far more than these, but they're they're just... Now, moving on to my final question for you. So what has been your biggest
0: learning in your conservation career?
1: Well, do you know, the, the, the biggest one, I think, for me was just, was not to take for granted that everyone has had the same opportunities as as as, as I have. Um, I, uh, as a young person was brought up in a farming environment. I, I was very involved uh, in nature and, and the, the environment right from my, my earliest uh, days. And so it was only later on that when I grew up that I realized that not everyone had had the same opportunities as I'd had to just get outdoors, uh, to learn uh, about uh, flora and fauna, be guided by people who really did know what they were talking about, who inspired me. Um, And so what I'm keen to try to do is to try to replicate, so for people who don't have the opportunities, to try to give them the opportunities that, that, that I had. And so I think that's my... My biggest uh, learning point is that not everyone has the opportunities, and and that's sad, and it's something that we really need to try to uh, to uh, change if we can.
0: Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure speaking to you.
1: The pleasure. It's a pleasure, and thanks very much for all the work that you're doing.